Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. I'm sure many of you have heard about the story of a guy called uh, Martin Luther King, yeah? You probably heard of him. And I'm sure many of you have heard the story, or you have heard the message, you have heard this popular saying, I have a dream, okay? What most people do not realize is that when you talk about I have a dream, is that this, you know, that particular dream, the speech that, the, the speech I have a dream was a cry, was a, it was a heart cry of a man who dared to dream. Because he had no reason to believe what he was saying at that point in time. But he believed it because he was able to dream, to see a particular society where people would be equal. Okay, before MLK, before Martin Luther King yeah, voiced his dream to the American people, the first he first voiced that particular dream to himself. To himself, he first believed the dream. He first ran with the dream. That the dream pushed and propelled him before he was able to declare it publicly. My brothers and sisters, we cannot see into the future. You cannot see a possible future if you yourself don't even believe it that a possible future is possible. If you don't believe the future is possible, you can't see it. If you don't believe that, even if the future is possible, that you are not going to be a part of it, you won't be able to see it. Okay? So before, before Martin, before Martin Luther King Jr. was able to declare the speech and say, I have a dream, he, he voiced that particular dream to himself. He told himself that yes, I, it is possible to have men and women, black and white being together. He voiced it to himself. He was able to believe that particular dream first before he was able to say it out. He was not only that, he was able to run with that particular dream. That was why he was willing to march everywhere he went to be able to stand and say, yes, I believe in this particular dream. Because he was able to run with it. And then he did not just wake up one day and say, I, I have a dream. No. He didn't just wake up and just say, that's the next thing he wanted to do. No. He did not just wake up one day and say, no, I, I am dreaming of a society with, with, with no segregation. No, 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 no. He didn't just wake up to do it. Okay? He saw the dream before he declared it. He saw the dream before he declared it. You remember the Bible told us in one of the Gospels, when Jesus Christ sent his 12 disciples out, he said they should go out and preach. And when they came back, they saw, we say, they said, they said, they said, they said people began to respond to the gospel. Jesus Christ told them something that was very important. He said, I saw Satan fall. In other words, before they went out there, Jesus Christ already won the battle. Before you can see your future, you must first of all have won the battle of the future in your heart. Because if you cannot see yourself possessing something, if you cannot see yourself achieving something, if you cannot see yourself occupying a particular position, my brothers and sisters, even if they put you there, you might not be able to last. You have to be able to see it first. He saw the dream before he declared it. That's what happened to MLK. He saw the dream before he declared it. He believed the dream before he declared it. Because if he did not believe it, he would not be able to say it. He ran with the dream before he publicly said it. In other words, the dream was pushing his life. He was doing everything, moving in the direction of the dream, even before he said it to another person. Unless you see yourself that this is the direction that you are going, that this is what God is leading you to do, that this is what you are going to become, unless you start moving it in that direction, nobody will follow you. Nobody. Nobody. 
Why would they follow a man who doesn't know where he's going? I mean, why would you? The same thing. The man ran with the dream before he declared it publicly. Okay? That's what, that was why people went, the people responded to him because they saw a man who was convinced of the dream that he had. The greatest gift that God gave man is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. The ability to dream and see a possible future. That is the difference between a man and an animal. Because you can see where you can be tomorrow. You can see what God can do in your life. You can see the possibilities of things that can happen. And that's why when the Lord told God Almighty, gave Adam, he gave Adam his, uh, his, uh, his mandate. He said, you should go and till the garden. And then Adam was able to do whatever he wanted. The Bible said that any animal that was brought into Adam, he was able to give them a name. That is the power of his imagination. That was the power of a dream. That was the vision that Adam was able to create of a possible future. If you don't have that ability, you might pray from now till kingdom come. They will lay hands upon you till your head look like my own. Nothing might happen. And I pray that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. The greatest gift that God gave to man is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. The ability to dream and see a possible future. And that is why when you talk about there's a woman called Helen Keller. When Helen Keller was asked, this was a woman that was blind, deaf, and mute at the age of 18 months. When she was asked what was the thing, what, what was more terrible than being blind, she said in a very, very unique way. She replied, she said, what is worse than being blind is to have sight without vision. People looking like this are not seeing anything. My mother used to refer to those ones as dry fish. Have you ever seen a dry fish before? The eyes are always open like this, but you can't see anything. <laughs> you know, the worst thing that can happen to an individual is to have sight, you know, without vision. And there are a lot of people in the church who have sight without vision. Yeah. There are a lot of people in our families who have sight without vision. There are a lot of places in our communities with, with sight without vision. Men, women, boys and girls, preachers, with who, are, who are able to see, you know, but they cannot see a possible future. And that's why the Bible tells in the book of Romans, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. You see, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. If you see yourself in a limited version, in a limited capacity, you can't go beyond that. If you see yourself that you are able to achieve all things, then you can achieve it. That's why Paul the Apostle said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he knows that the power of God is able to move him from where he is to where he needs to be. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So, never let your eyes, never let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes. Okay? Rather, let what is in your heart dictate how you live your life. What does that mean? That simply means that if you look at certain things, you might miss the mark. There are so many things that when you look at them, you might not see the full potential until the Lord opens your eyes to see beyond what is what is you know what is in front of you. If you look at an individual, if you look at someone like Moses, you will see a stammerer, but you might never be able to see a deliverer of Israel. Okay. If you look at someone like David, you only see a shepherd boy. You never see a king coming out of him. If you see, you know, if you look at certain people, if you, that's why the Bible says we do not look at the physical. He said we look because the things of the physical they are temporary, but we look at what is eternal, what is spiritual, because what is spiritual is eternal. In other words, you have to be able to see with the eyes of the Almighty God. Yes. Because he's the one that sees the end from the very beginning. He's the one who is able to see. That's why he's saying that. Don't let your heart, don't let what your eyes look at, believe what you know. Don't let you, don't let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes. 
Because you might see an individual, he might not have all the pumps and the, all the glitters, all the things that goes with the high office of, uh, of, uh, of success, but if you look very, very deeply, you can see all the seeds in it. You can see all the potential. You can see so many things. And it is when you look at those possible things that can happen, that is when you invest. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you spend your time. That's when you pour your energy into that person. And that is why the best, the best way to spend, your, to spend your resources is to spend it on a particular individual. Because that is the only thing that has the potential of growing. And that's why you see that the most rewarding job on earth, though the most not very respected, is the work of a teacher. Because you can see a, a teacher molding the life of an individual, molding the life of a boy, molding the life of a girl. And then maybe 10, 20, 30 years from then, you can see that particular child when you saw the child that you put on your laps when he was just 10 or 10, when he was just 5 or 6 years old. You can now see that child growing up to become a success in life. You can see, it is, if you let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes, you might miss the mark. Yes. You might miss the mark. But rather, let what your heart, let what, let what is in your heart, Dictate how you see life. If you see joy in it, if joy is in your heart, what you will find is that everywhere you go, you will see the joy of the Almighty God. If you go, if you see that God is able to do great things in your life, everywhere you go, you will see possibilities. But if you think that God is a mean God, everywhere you go, you will see angry faces. Okay? You will see that people are always out to get you because that is what is in your heart. That's why you say, let what is in your heart determines how you see life. Because it makes a lot of difference. So let's now look at it because some of them might be accusing me that this man has been talking now. He has not even read the scriptures. So let's read Genesis 37 so that we can, we can satisfy that part. Genesis 37. In Genesis 37, we read about the story of Joseph. It's a very long verse. We're not going to read everything, but I'll just give you a quick uh, summary. Read of the life of Joseph, a young man with a call of God upon his life. Early in Joseph's life, he began to dream. Early in Joseph's life, he began to see a possible future. And if you start reading from Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says these are the generation of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad, and, and the lads was with the sons of Bilhah, the sons of Zilpha, his father's wife, and Joseph brought unto his father, brought into the, but Joseph is unto, brought unto his father their evil report. Now, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that his father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed the dream and told it unto his brethren and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were, we were binding ships in the field and lo, my ship stood up, arose, my ship arose and also stood up Right, and behold, your sheaves stood around about and made obeisance unto my sheaves, and his brethren said unto him, Shall thou indeed reign over us, or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his words. If you go on and on and on and on to the very end, they sold, they eventually end up selling him, you know, they eventually end up selling him into slavery. Now, from these verses of the scripture, if you read the whole of Genesis 37, you will see a lot of things about Joseph. Now, from these verses of scripture, what you can see is this. Joseph began to give us an illustration of when you are supposed to begin to paint a picture of a possible future for your life. Joseph gave us an illustration. The first thing you will see is that 
when you know the question that you want to ask is when is it okay for me to start dreaming about my future when is it okay for me to begin to think about my begin to begin to design a possible future for myself the first answer you will see is in genesis chapter 3, genesis 37 verse 2 the bible say joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brethren in other words when life was ordinary joseph was already thinking about his future when every when he was doing when everybody was going about life and doing things like every other normal kid was doing, seventeen year old kids just running up and down, Joseph was already dreaming, was already painting a picture of a possible future. Number two, when do you dream? You dream when hatred is personal. Look at verse number four and number five. Joseph dreamed the dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him. In other words, when you are going somewhere, the people who are not going anywhere are not going to be happy with you. That's right. If everybody is happy with you, I always say something is wrong somewhere. <laughs> it's either you are not going anywhere or they don't understand that you are going somewhere. Okay? But in most cases, if you are going somewhere, people will not be happy with you. So when do you dream? You dream, number one, when life is ordinary. You dream, number two, when hatred is personal. Number three, you dream when opposition is fierce. In other words, when you are going in a particular direction, what you will find is that people who don't want to go, they not only hate you, they will do everything possible to make sure you don't get to where you are going. They will do everything possible. To make sure you do not go. Look at verse number 8. The Bible says, And his brethren said unto him, Shall thou indeed reign over us? Or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dream and for his word. When there is fierce opposition, that is when you are supposed to dream the more. That is when you are supposed to paint a more vivid future of where you are going to be. That is when you are supposed to paint a more vivid future of what God has in stock for you. When the opposition is fierce. Number 4. When the rebuke is sharp. When people begin to say, don't say that. You cannot happen to you. People with your accent will never make it in America. People with your particular kind of color can never ascend to a position, a position of authority. When this particular rebuke is sharp, that is when you are supposed to paint the picture even sharper. Amen. That is when you are supposed to be more determined to see that whatever they are saying will not be a reality. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says his father rebuked him and said unto him, Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow ourselves down to thee and to, be, uh, to the earth? In other words, are we going to begin to bow down to you? Don't you know your position in this house? You are number 11 for God's sake. <laughs> Are we going to now begin to bow down for you? But God doesn't walk by numbers. It's not how old you are. It is the question is, what kind of future are you painting for yourself? It is when the rebuke is sharp, that is when you're supposed to paint a better picture for yourself. That is when you're supposed to say, I, others may live like this. Others may remain in this condition. I am going to move a step further. I am going to get out of this mold. I am going to break the yoke of generational limitation. I am going to break it over my life. When rebuke is sharp, that is when to dream. When do we dream? We dream when envy is strong. When people are just envious about you. I mean, look at how good looking I am. People would definitely be envy of me. (laughs) When envy is strong, that is when you are supposed to dream. That is when you are supposed to say, my future will be better. That is when you are supposed to say, my future will be strong. That is when you are going to say, even what their intention for me will not be fulfilled because I am going to get to where God has designed for me. Look at verse number 11. The Bible says, and his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saints. When envy is strong, that is when you are supposed to dream. 
When are you supposed to dream? You are supposed to dream when the ridicule is intense. When people start looking at you because number one, if they cannot stop you, if they cannot criticize, if they cannot stop you because of their criticism, if they cannot stop you because of the roadblock that they put in front of you, if they cannot stop you by discouraging you, if they cannot stop you by doing all those all sorts of things, the next thing they will begin to do is they will try to ridicule you. Oh, what is he building? Oh, look at what he's doing. Yeah, that's what they did to Nehemiah. The Bible says that when Nehemiah, when they could not stop Nehemiah from building the wall, they said, oh, if an ant crawl over this particular wall, it's going to fall down. How many ants have crawled over a wall and the wall fall down? Come on. But the idea is that when people cannot stop you, when they cannot stop your dream, when they cannot stop you from planning for your future, when you can, then they cannot stop you from you doing what you need to do to get to where God wants to take you, they will start to ridicule you. After all, he says he's anointed. Look at his church. Look at what he's doing. Look at this. They begin to say all sorts of things just to make you do what? Just to make sure that you don't get to where you're going. Look at verse number 19. The Bible says, when they saw him coming, they said, behold the dreamer comets. Oh, yeah. They changed his name. They knew his name was Joseph, but they now refer to him as the dreamer. Behold the dreamer comet. And that's the same thing they will say to you. That's what they will say to me if we are going somewhere. Amen. If you are going somewhere with your life, be sure that there's somebody who's going to mock you. Yeah. Somebody's going to ridicule you. And the whole intention is to do what? Is to stop you from getting to where you're going. Yes. What do they do to students who study a lot? Who wants to become the best in their student? They call them nerds. Right? Yeah. You think nerd is to make you look good? No. Nerd is to say, look at this one. It doesn't even understand what is going on. It doesn't know the latest music in town. It's not watching the latest music video. That is the whole intention. To be able to stop you from spending time in the library. That's the whole, that's the whole idea. So that you can become like one of us. A man who is going somewhere. A woman who is going somewhere. A boy, a boy, a girl, a student who is going somewhere is going to face ridicule. And when you face ridicule, that is when you are supposed to dream more. Amen. When do you dream more? You dream more when captivity is imminent. Mm. When captivity is imminent. Mm. The Bible tells us that the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. That's verse number 36. Mm. When you know captivity is imminent, because people are going to plan all sorts of funky things for you. Yeah. When they know you are going somewhere, they will look for a way to trap you. They will look for a way to be able to put you in a hole, so that you do not fulfill that particular intention of God for your life. When captivity is imminent, that is when to dream. Yeah. The question then for us is this. When should we be dreaming of a possible future? When should you be dreaming of a possible future? When should I be dreaming of a possible future? Just like Joseph. We dream when life is ordinary. We dream when our family hates us. We dream when opposition is fierce. We dream when rebuke is, when rebuke, when we are rebuked by our loved ones. We dream when envy is strong. We dream when ridicule, uh, when our ridicule is intense. We dream when captivity is eminent. When all these are happening in our life, that is when you are supposed to dream again. That is when you are supposed to say, the people are planning for me to fail, I refuse to fail. I refuse to give up. I refuse to allow them to have the final word in my life. I refuse to let them say, I refuse to let them say, after all, we told you, you cannot make it. I refuse for them to be, to have the final say in my life. That is when you refuse. That is when you are determined that you say, regardless of their, regardless of their declaration, that declaration will not be established in my life in the name of Jesus. That is when you become more aggressive in the pursuit of your future. Yes. yes. 
Because there are so many people who say, I thought we told you, he's not going to make it. We know he's not going to do it. I know. There are people who are waiting, just their intention is just waiting to see the failure so that they can celebrate. But you will make sure you disappoint them. And that's why the Bible says that he's the one that disappoints the tokens of the liar. He's the one that makes the diviner smile. That is when you are be supposed to be more aggressive in the pursuit of your own future. When all these things are happening, that's when you're supposed to dream again. That is when you see a possible future. That is when your spirit must not be broken. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalm 21, 21. Reading from verse number 1. It says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. He will not suffer my feet to be moved. He that keepeth thee shall not slumber. In other words, it is when you believe that this, you know, that the future that God has that God has in store for you, that that future is solid. That is when you say, "I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. I will trust in the Almighty God, because the one that watch over me never sleeps, never, you know, he never slumbers, never sleeps." And the dreams of Joseph. The dreams of Joseph, he pushed him to reveal the character of Joseph. Because how passionate you are about the future that God has showed you will determine a lot of things about you. Okay? The dreams of Joseph, the power of the dream of Joseph pushed him into a situation that revealed his character. It proved him to be a man who saw the invisible. It pushed him, you know, that particular dream persecuted me as a, you know, with that particular dream because of his dream. He was persecuted as a man that had been targeted by hell. There's something we used to say where I come from. They say that the pot that is going to cook the best stew or the best soup or the best dish, that pot is going to have some fire under it. Okay? Because there's no way you are going to cook anything without having some heat. You know? And the same thing, if your dream is worth pursuing, if the picture, the future that you have designed for yourself and that God has designed for you that you are pursuing, if that future is worth pursuing, there is going to be opposition. Yes. The Bible makes us to understand that anyone who will live righteously will suffer persecution. Yes. Yes. If anybody tells you otherwise, that person, number one, is either lying or doesn't understand what it means by what the scripture is saying. Because that's what the Bible teaches. So, the dreams of Joseph made him to be a persecuted man. Not only that, the dreams of Joseph presented him to be a man with a heavenly call. The dreams of Joseph promoted him as a man with a divine destiny. And that is the power, that's what the dream can do in your life. Because it will move you to a new realm. It will begin to put you in a place that is unique. The Bible says, see a man who is diligent in his way. He said, will not stand before mere men. You will stand before kings. In other words, when you begin to align yourself with what God has spoken concerning your life, what you happen is that things begin to open for you. Doors begin to open for you. People begin to do things. You you begin to find yourself in a place that you never imagined. And that is because you have aligned yourself with the intentions and the purpose of the Almighty God for your life. Okay? That is what the dreams can do for you. But Joseph understood one thing. That for you to see your dreams come to pass, you will go through five quick stages. And I'll quickly share that with you before we pray. There are five stages that your dreams will go through. The first one is that the dream, the phase of presentation. 
That's the presentation phase. Your dream will be revealed. In other words, something inside of you will be telling you that this is what God wants you to pursue. This is the direction that God wants you to go. This is the things that you want you to do. There was a particular man, one of the preachers of the gospel, his name, I think it's Mike Murdoch, he said, what well, the thing that make you sad is an indication of what God wants you to fix. The things that make you happy is also an indication of what God wants you to fix. The problems that are confronted by you, that you confront on a daily basis, is an indication of what God wants you to, the direction that God wants you to go. So the vision of God for your life, will pass through what is called a presentation phase because God will keep showing it to you. When you sleep at night, He shows you a vision. This is what I want you to do. This is the direction I want you to do. The kind of people who you bring into your life, it begins to show you the kind of problems you bring into your life. It begins to show you what He wants you to do. The kind of solution that you provide to people, how good you are, the things that come to you naturally. Those are some of the things that God uses to show you, to say, this is the direction I want you to go. So your dream will go through what is called a presentation phase. After your dream has now been presented and everybody now knows that you have a dream, it will go through what is called a poking face. Okay? A poking face. The dream will now become ridiculed. That is when people will give you every reason in the book why that dream should not be done. Or why you cannot fulfill it. Or why you are not qualified to do it. Or where you will not get the money. Or how the government will hate you. Or why they will give you all the reasons in the book. Why you cannot do what you have set out to do. That is the poking face of your dream. And if you listen to the voice of the opposition at that point in time, there's a possibility that that dream might not come to fulfillment. Number three, your free, your free, your dream will now go through what is called the persecution phase. When they have tried as much as possible to stop you from doing what you're supposed to do and you refuse, you still continue to paint that picture. You still continue to believe in the vision of God. You still continue to drive in that particular direction that God wants you to go. What you now go through is what is called the persecution phase. The persecution phase. When the dreamer is now hated, they now deliberately persecute you. They look at you and they say, no, this guy is not going anywhere. We are going to make sure we stop him. They begin to build roadblock. That's when they will deliberately lie against you. That's when they begin to, they begin to come up with stories that, are, that they know it's not true, but they will say it anyway because they just don't like your face. Yes. So you will go through that process, you know, that, that your dream will go through that persecution phase. And then final, you know, and then number four, your dream will go through what is called a pausing phase. A pausing phase. And that is where it appears no visible progress is being made. It just appears everything is silent. It appears the heavens are just quiet. You pray and you pray and it seems that you are not making any movement. It appears as if everything is just dark. And for those who have studied the climate, they say that just right before dawn, they say that's when the darkness is greatest. In other words, before you hit that particular place where the breakthrough will happen, that is when the greatest horns of hell will be released. And that is when you have what is called the pausing phase, where heaven appears to be not hearing anything. That's when you appear as if you are not even praying. You pray and you pray and it doesn't appear as if your prayer is not going beyond the ceiling. Okay, That is the pausing phase. And if you are able to endure your pausing phase, you are able to endure that period where you are not hearing anything, where help is not coming from anywhere, where it does appear as if life, life is on a standstill. If you are able to just endure, and that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, it says, haven't done all. It says, just stand. Ephesians 6 says, stand. Stand with your loins gathered with the truth. Say, make sure that you are equipped with all the armor of the Almighty God. Because at that particular point in time, all you had to do, all you need to do, all you can do is just to stand still and wait for God to move. That is the pausing phase. And many people fail in this particular area. Because at that point in time, they believe that nothing is happening. If nothing is happening, then God must not be interested in what I'm doing. And then they stop. 
your dream will go through that positive phase. And then if you are able to go through that particular phase, if you are able to overcome that particular phase, that is when you will enter into the exaltation phase, your promotion phase. That is when things begin to happen. And all of a sudden people say, where did he come from? We did not hear from him. All of a sudden, he's a breakthrough. Oh, the man is a lucky man. But he never knew when you were fasting and praying and, were, and you were going without food that nobody knew. They would say he's a lucky man. Oh, it's because he was born like this. Oh, it's because he's as handsome as I look. Oh, it's because he has a lot of money. Oh, it's because he's this. Oh, it's because that. They will begin to look for reason for your success. To explain why you are successful at what you are doing. But they have forgotten the years of the pausing. They have forgotten the time of the persecution. They have forgotten the time of the ridicule. They have forgotten all those ones. So if you are able to endure all the four phases, what you will find is what? You will find that the promotion phase will come. Scaling these five phases therefore requires courage in the face of opposition. Faith to, uh, faith to see the impossible. And then obedience to take God at his word. Persistence to that refuse to give up. And wisdom to pick the right associate. And not only that, patience. Yes. That wait for God's timing. Yes, 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 yes. That's why the Bible says, "Wait on the Lord." I say, "Wait yes, on the Lord." Yes. If you don't, if you are not able to wait, you might as well kiss that dream goodbye, because God does not walk on your own time; He walks on His own time. So, having said all this, the question now is this: We have come to the middle of the year. We have come to the middle of the year and all the things that we have dreamed and we have prayed and we have looked at God for at the beginning of the year. Some of them are beginning to happen. Some of them are not happening. The question is, are you going to dream again? Or are you going to just let it go? I want you to bow your head and talk to the Almighty God. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. We will like to invite you to join us for the June edition of our breakfast meeting on Saturday, June 9th, 2018 at 9 a.m. The meeting will be held at the Holiday Inn located at 1453 Silo Hill Lane, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Breakfast Connection is a forum for equipping believers to believe and share their faith in the marketplace. Child care will be provided. We look forward to enjoying a warm fellowship with you. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.